0: Ready to preach tonight? Pray that you're ready to receive the word of God. Let's dig deep into it. If you've got your Bible, let's go to Luke chapter 18. Luke 18. Let's go there. Take a seat. Pull out your device. Borrow your neighbor's Bible, whatever. Let's go to Psalm, no, Luke. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And we're going to be reading eight verses from Luke 18. There you go, eight verses from Luke 18. It says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. They should, what? They should always pray and never give up. Come on, I want you to say that out loud because this is Jesus talking. He was teaching his disciples that they should always pray and never give up. Come on, just turn to your neighbor and say, you should Come on, turn to the other person next to you and say you should. Come on, to the person behind you right now, turn to them and say. Yeah. You're saying this is a key to the kingdom. We've been praying for the last 21 days, and in fact, we've got our last two prayer meetings on Monday and Tuesday, 6:30, 7:30. Come out, be a part of them, because it's sending the platform in the spirit, and God is already moving. God is already doing something as we pray, as we call out to God, God answers us. How many are glad that we serve a God who answers us? Not just hears us, but answers us. And that's why he says to the disciples, you should always pray and never give up. He tells a story, he says, there was a judge in a certain city, and he said, who never feared God, nor cared about people. A nice judge. But a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. <laughs> How many have got somebody in their life like that? But this woman has driving me crazy, he says, I'm gonna see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson. Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Tonight we're gonna to learn a lesson. You ready to learn a lesson? Jesus is saying, Come on, I want you to learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he. This guy didn't care about people, rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to His chosen people who cry out to Him day and night? Will He keep putting them off? I tell you, He will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many know He's returning? When the Son of Man it returns, <laughs> <Get that right. laughs> how many will he find on earth who have faith? The oh. oh. title of my message tonight is You're Driving Me Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're Driving Me Crazy. Yeah, you know, Here's a dispute brought to an unjust judge. Now, the first time he heard the plea, what did he do? He ignored it. You know, but but this widow, this widow kept on bugging him. So much so that it began to weary him. And, And Jesus right here through the story is saying to his disciples, this is how you ought to pray. Know that we're not praying to an unjust God, but we are actually God's elect. We're God's chosen people. See, many people have bought into the notion when it comes to prayer, you pray once, and then you leave it in the hands of God, and God will do it. And if it's the will of God, God will just bring it about in His time. But how many know that doesn't match what Jesus is saying through the story? He's saying that we are actually called to ask and ask again and to not stop asking. Come on, come on. Uh, We're called to weary God. See, God right in this verse through Jesus is inviting us to disturb his world. Listen, he says, because she wearies me, I will respond to her. How many know that's how housework gets done in a lot of households? You know, clean your room. Go clean your room. Go clean your room. <laughs> ha, have you cleaned your room yet? Yeah. Come on, go. clean your room. Would you leave me alone? No, clean your room. Clean your room. Okay, just leave me alone, I'll clean my room. Come on, how many know that happens? You know, I know it happens in my household. Got three girls in it's like, Dad, can I? No. 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 Dad, can I? Come on, how many are getting annoyed with that right now? Oh, yeah. It's like, Dad, can I? No. Dad, can I? No. Dad, can I? No. Dad, can I? Oh, I just go away. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Do you know, that's how Come on. God yeah. works. Come on. Do you know, it's he who screams the loudest and the longest gets the most attention. Yes. <laughs> it's good. Why? Why is that the case? I reckon that's the case. is because God is motivated by the motivated. God is motivated by the motivated. I quickly just want to give you four things about faith from this passage of Scripture. Number one, faith is demonstrated by what we're prepared to ask for. Jesus ends the story and he says, When the Son of Man comes again, when he returns, will he Find faith in the earth. Will he find faith in your life? Uh, will he find faith in my life? Will he find faith in Equippers' church? See, see, we need to acquire a conviction that we are called to ask. Come on, we're not the orphan, Oliver. Please, sir. Can I have some more? Go away, you know. But some of us, we feel like that. We God. I can't ask God anything. Come on, you've got to get rid of that orphan spirit. Yeah. You're a son and a daughter yeah. of the Most High God. Yeah. 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 Uh, have you ever asked the question, why doesn't God answer us the first time? You know, in fact, so often when you ask God, normally He responds not with an answer, but a question. Yeah. How many know that can be frustrating? You know, when you believed and you asked God for something, and He comes back at you and He goes, well, how badly do you want it? You know, is this just a fleeting request? How how much do you want this? How much do you really want to see your friend and family member saved? How much do you want to see a city changed? How, How badly do you want this? second question he asks is how important is it to you and and for what purpose you know if I gave you what you're asking for uh, what's the purpose of it see many believers believe God can you know can God can do anything yeah he owns a kettle on a thousand hills he created the hills God can do anything. Nothing is impossible for God. But many people struggle to believe whether He will. Uh, Whether He will do it for them. Uh, Whether whether He will actually hear your heart's cry and whether He will answer. Uh, See, I've found in life, sometimes if something comes too easily, it's not valued to the same extent. yeah. You know, I, I, I remember saving up, uh, saving up for, for, for my first bicycle. You know, for my HMX 600. Ooh, that was a bike. Had mag wheels. No other bikes had mag wheels. I had mag wheels. You know, but, but saving up, you know, because I paid for that bike, because I had to work to get the money together, how many know that bike means a whole lot more to me than if it was just given to me? If it was just handed to me. See, if something comes too easily, it's not valued to the same extent. Yeah, it's the same in relationships. You know, sometimes it pays to play a little bit too hard to get. Because if things come too easily, it's not valued to the same extent. Yeah, I'm just saying there's a bit of relational advice there. Come on, don't put out. You know, let, let them woo you, let them earn. Uh, Let them earn it. Let them put a ring on it. Uh, Come on, uh, if it comes too easy, it's not valued to the same extent. And you are valuable. You're a prized possession. Come on, do I get an amen on that? You're a prized possession. Uh, I want you to think about that. What is the faith that impresses you the most? Uh, What is the faith that impresses you? Uh, I'd suggest... That it's not the faith that when somebody just prays, and, oh, there it is there, yeah, God answered that prayer. But, oh, there it is there. I, I guarantee it's the people who have a story who prayed and kept on praying and kept on praying. Come on, come on and held on even though the circumstances said something contrary, oh. uh, and then held on even some more, and then sought the faithfulness of God. I guarantee, well, I almost guarantee that it's that faith that impresses you a whole lot more. Yeah, faith, not, not that it's Im- answered immediately, but faith that never gives up. Yeah, yeah I, I love James, in James chapter one. Now, this is James, this is the brother of Jesus. Now, this is the brother of Jesus, man. This guy's convinced that Jesus is the Savior. And he writes a letter. Now, how many know you'd have to go to a great length to convince your sibling that you're the Messiah of the world? <laughs> yeah, uh, The fact that James is convinced means, man, I'm convinced right there. Right there, so James is writing this letter and listen to what he says. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, that's crazy. All right, what's he saying here? He's saying, Hey, if you do the math from a divine perspective, when you face trials, you have a reason to get happy. Yeah. And the reason you have, uh, the the reason you can be happy is because this is a, because you know that the testing of your faith yes. produces perseverance. Yeah. Right. Uh, how many know we need our faith tested? Yeah. In fact, if something's not tested, it can't be trusted. Yeah. Uh, aren't you glad that the pilot of the plane that you last flew on had to go through some tests? before he was allowed to fly that plane. And because he's tested, you can trust him. He didn't just go, oh, you know, I've never done this before, but I'm going to rely on the Holy Spirit. You know, how many know you wouldn't want to be aboard that plane? But because he's been tested, you know, he can be trusted. You know, when you get your license, you know, you have to go through a test. Yeah, And even just because you're tested doesn't mean some of you can be trusted. Just saying. But, but a test, and here he says, the testing of your faith, what it produces, what does it produce? Can I can say that loud? It produces? Perseverance. Uh, why do I need perseverance? Uh, this is why you need it. It says... Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Uh, In other words, let perseverance complete its work so that you will be complete. That's That's another way of saying that, is let perseverance complete its work so that you will be complete, so that you'll be mature. Uh, Let it. But the only way that happens is going through trials, is going through difficulties. See, when you go through a trial, don't push the eject button. Don't push the divorce button. Don't push the bankruptcy button. Don't push the run button. I'm running. I'm escaping. I'm out of here. Don't push that button. See, you've got to understand, God doesn't want you to escape as much as he wants you to overcome. Can I say that again? Because there's something in that. God doesn't want you to escape from your circumstances as much as he wants you to overcome your circumstances. Some of you go, going, well, oh, God, just take me out of here, just do it right now. No, God says, no, i put you in that to develop something in you. Right. And if you let perseverance work, it's going to mature you. It's going to develop you. See, that's what escaping doesn't grow you. It may take you out of your circumstances, but you're going to be the same person out of them as you were in them. It's overcoming that grows you, that matures you, that develops you. Come on, how many want to grow in 2017? Come on, how many want to be further on than they were at the end of the year, than they were at the beginning of the year? Come on, I need a little bit more feedback in church right now. Come on. If you want to pursue that, if you want to be complete and lacking nothing, you've got to let perseverance have its full work. You may be mature, complete, lacking nothing. First thing, as faith is demonstrated by what we're prepared to ask for, what are you asking for right now? Because that will reveal where your faith is at. Well, I'm all right. Are you? Because if you don't have need, you're in a dangerous place. God wants us to relate to Him because we have need. In fact, lukewarmness sits into our heart when we relate to God without need. That's what he says in Revelation. Wow. He says you have all this stuff and, and there's no need of me." And the danger is we get apathetic and we get lukewarm because we're not calling out to God. We're not getting down on our knees. Here's a second thought, second thought. Friendship doesn't guarantee answered prayer. So you going, what? Is that right? I thought we're meant to abide in the vine. How many know it's easier to ask a friend for something than a stranger? Yeah, if if you know that person, I can ask them. You know, Sometimes you don't even ask, you just walk into their house, go into their fridge, you go, hey, what's yours is mine, hey, thank you. It's like, friend, you got a relationship, you got something going on. It's just like in, in marketing, if you're selling something, cold calling. That's horrible, but you know relational marketing—that's that, a lot easier because you've already got an inroad, you've already got an introduction, and that's the hardest point. Do you know? And winning people to Jesus—you've got to look at your relational world because yeah. there's an open door there. You know, how many here hate asking strangers for something? You know, you're lost. Somebody's walking down the street, but you won't even stop, <laughs> wind down your window, and, and ask for directions. Because you're too proud. And because you don't know what, how they'll respond. Because we hate you know, asking strangers for something. But listen to what Jesus teaches around prayer. Again, we're, we're going to read eight verses. Eight verses. And, and we're going to go from here. This is Luke 11. Luke 11. Then teaching them more about what? Prayer. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you're at a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for a night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. I can't help you. Just ignore that text in the middle of the night. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. I I reckon we could all do with a lot more shameless persistence. Right, right. Shameless persistence. We give in too early. Oh, it's embarrassing if I have to ask again. Oh, right. no, no, we just need to keep on knocking. And God. this is what he says. Right. He says, I tell you, Jesus is keep on asking and you'll receive what I, I what you ask for. Keep on. Somebody say, keep on. <laughs> keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open." fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a steak instead? Yeah. Snake. Snake instead? Yeah, <laughs> didn't get there around the come on. Do, do I have to pray for the gift of interpretation? A steak instead? <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be good. No, snakes worse off, not a steak. A snake, a snake. Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Uh, of course not. So if you simple people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Come on, how many of you have a friend who's relentless? Yeah. friend who, who just just relentless i i reckon in some ways we need to be that relentless friend right, right. do you know you're called to drive god crazy <laughs> uh, you're called to weary god you're called yeah. to disturb his world uh, before we ever owned the mercury theater we prayed for a large upper room fully furnished prepared for him for seven years wow. Wow. we prayed that prayer god thank you that's your promise you're going to give us a large upper room fully furnished prepare for him you know seven years Every prayer meeting, prayer meeting. God, we thank you for that promise. We thank you, you're going to bring it to pass. Thank you, God, we'll keep on knocking on heaven's door. Thank you, God, that you're going to open the door. It took seven years. Do you know, before my grandparents ever gave their hearts to Jesus, you know, we'd share with them, they'd say, no, no, but we'd just keep on asking. Keep on asking, keep on believing. Do you know, it took 30 years before my grandparents knelt down And my parents' living room in London, and with tears in their eyes, gave their heart to Jesus. Come on, who have you given up on? Where have you lost hope? Come on, we've got to keep on disturbing God. This is how God calls us to pray. He said, this is a lesson on how you to pray. Some of you, you prayed and it hasn't happened in a month. And you got disheartened. But you need to persevere, you need to hold on, you need to keep on believing God. Come on, we've got a promise of another building that God's gonna give us. You know, we're gonna keep on knocking, we're gonna keep on praying, we're not gonna give it. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but we're gonna keep on believing in Jesus' name. Because that's how our faith is tested. Yeah, even if we have to move around, I get, we're just gonna keep on, keep it on. Yeah, on, keep on knocking, keep on asking, keep on seeking God. Right. You we know, gotta contend. You know, some of you, you got conditions in your body, and you just accepted them. Come on. But you gotta keep on yeah. praying. Yeah. I know my mate Lyle down. on He's had a condition for years, but we're just standing in the prayer time before. And I'm saying, Lord, we're going to keep on asking. We're not going to give in on this until we see God work a miracle. We're going to contend in the Spirit. We're not going to get disheartened. We're not going to get disappointed. We're not going to throw our toys out of the cot. We're going to put our faith and our trust in Jesus. God, I've been diagnosed with a disease. It's not meant to leave your body. You know, there's times in my mind where I go, oh, this could come back, but no, I'm just saying, thank you, God. Yeah. I'm going to thank you, God, for my healing. Yeah. I'm going to keep on asking yeah. God for your healing power to flow through my body. I'm not giving in. I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to tolerate what God hasn't ordained. God hasn't ordained sickness in your body. Wow. Sickness come is on. a result of the fall. Yeah. But we've got the finished work of Jesus. On the cross that we can access. And my Bible says, by His stripes, yes. we are healed. Yes. Just because I prayed once and nothing happened, doesn't mean I'm not going to keep on praying. Oh, that's right. 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 Yeah, the next prayer could be the breakthrough moment. In fact, before any breakthrough, there's always a significant level of resistance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just when you feel like, oh, man i will never come to Jesus. I'll never get well. Never. And we think that, no, that's when you've got to hold on. Yeah, yeah. That's when you've got to contend in the spirits. Yeah. You know, we prayed for the nations for years, while we only had a church in Auckland. For years. Nations of the world, we prayed. You say, God, ask us for the nations You give them to us as our inheritance. God, we're praying for the nations of the world. We're only here in Auckland, small group of people in Auckland, but we're believing for the nations of the world. We're saying, God, this is our mandate. We're asking you. Many people look at how many countries we're in right now. I think the end of the year will be 10. You know, 17 (laughs) churches uh, around New Zealand. of knocking on heaven's door. Right. Saying we're not going to give up. Always pray. You should always pray and never give in. Last one. Number three. Uh, two actually. Second to last one. Number three. Is ask with the right motive. Ask with the right motive. Let's go to James. James chapter four. It says, "Yet yeah, you do not have what you want because you do not ask God for it. You're looking elsewhere, but you haven't asked God yet. That's the first place that we should ask. Come on, if you're experiencing some stress, first, before you go to a counselor, before you go to a friend, come on, ask God for wisdom. Ask God for insight. He says, uh, you don't ask God for it, and even when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. In other words, I'm asking this for my benefit. It has no kingdom purpose attached to it. Uh, why does God shut down when that happens? He shuts down, I believe, because if God gave it to us, we'd be in danger of serving the blessing. Than the blessor, you know, we get fixated on 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 the provision, rather than the provider. And He wants to make sure our motives are in check. You know, why do you want to succeed? Why do you want that promotion so you can say, "Hey, look how good I am"? Or, Or do you want it for kingdom benefit? See, any platform God gives you in life is not for you. It's say you might be a witness to him. Yeah. Nice. And if we align our heart and our motive, I believe God goes, yeah, yeah. I reckon God will give us anything if he knows it's not going to destroy us. Yeah, if it's not going to take us away, <coughs> why wouldn't he give it to us? And when we ask God, we've got to keep on asking, but we've got to ask with the right motives. Uh, lastly, number four. Number four, if we could have the musicians up. He eats, uh, number four is, ask for something that is not humanly possible. Yeah. Uh, we're called to ask for something that is not humanly possible. Uh, let's go back to Luke, uh, Luke 18. Luke 18. You getting anything out of this tonight? Yeah. Luke 18, verse 9. Uh, here we go. Then Jesus told the story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness. And scorned everyone else. He says this. Two men went to the temple to pray. What did they do? They went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you God that I'm not a sinner like everyone else. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) For I don't cheat, I don't sin, and I don't commit adultery. And I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I'll give you a tenth of my income. Uh, But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, "Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you, the sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. Listen to this. For those who exalt themselves, rely on themselves, trust in themselves, they will be humbled. But those who humble themselves, those who have a posture of humility and get down on their knees and beat their chest, God says, he says, "I, I will exalt you. I will exalt you." See, the Pharisee in this passage, he prayed within himself. Look what I've done. Don't need it. Look, 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 what I'm doing. Thank you, Jesus. Done that. And look, I'm not like them, having the tax collector. Pray for something he could not do himself. Right. There go. See, true humility is putting your trust in God yeah. to yeah. do what you can't possibly do yourself. So many of us, we don't have right now an ask in God that's beyond ourselves. We don't have an ask in God that's impossible without God. Come on, let's not pray pharisaical prayers. Let's humble ourselves. See, I really believe if you've got a small dream, you've got pride in your heart. Yeah, that's good. If you've got a small vision, it's because you've limited God to what you can do. I believe every born-again believer in Jesus Christ should I carry a big tree. Why? Because we serve a big God who's massive. We shouldn't think small. We shouldn't act small. That, that's not humility. Humility is coming into agreement with God. And if God's called you to be awesome, if God's called you to make a difference, who are you to disagree with God? Who are you to elevate yourself up into their position? Humility is saying, God, I need you. This is way outside my comfort zone. But I'm going to believe in you. See, as a church, we need to believe for what's not humanly possible. Come on, some of you have written off people in your world, although they never come to church. Well, who are you to limit God? Oh, wow. yeah, come on. Who are you to limit God? I was talking to a lady just this last week, and she's a tenant. We own this uh, little small flat, and she rents it out. And I was talking to her. She saying, hey, we're going to have to uh, change the tenancy agreement because we've just broken up. Me and my partner have broken up. I said, oh, that's real sad. I said, is there any way that I can help? I know I'm your landlord, but you know, I also know I'm a pastor. She said, is there any way that we can help? You know, I, I'd love to pray for you if I can. She said, that would be great. She said, oh, do you run a church? I said, yeah, and just began explaining about the church. She said, hey, I'd like to come to a place like that. Anyway, she ends up coming this morning. Comes to church. She ends up giving her heart to Jesus. This morning, giving her life. Right in moment, come on right now. Who are you writing off, but God hasn't written off? Who are you stopped asking for? Who are you stopped believing for? Oh, well, it would be a miracle if they got saved. Well, oh, it was a miracle that you got saved. God, it's a miracle. What makes you think you're good? That you had anything to offer God. Come yeah. on, you didn't have any goodness to offer God. Yeah. It was a miracle, His work within you, that you're in the house of God tonight. Yeah. And come yeah. on, we need to reach out to the people in our world, and yeah. we need to believe God to come do on. the impossible. Yeah. Come, on. Yeah. come on, right now, where are you limiting oh. God? Where are you praying within yourself? Where are you believing for breakthrough? There's some things that we're not called to accept. Good I can't accept the injustice that's happening in our world. Come on, yeah. I can't accept the poverty, the abuse. I believe God's looking for a people Come on. who'll put their trust in Him. Yeah. Believe that believe that we, together, we could be the answer. Yeah. Uh, we could bring change in our society. Uh, We could turn this world upside down, just like the early church did, where we could do it. Yeah, I could do my part, but if you do your part, hey, together, we can make a significant difference. Hey, together, if we all believe God, if we're in the same place and we're of one accord, man, we could see a revival break out. Uh, We could see a revival sweep this nation. Uh, We could see the lonely come into family. We could see the brokenhearted heal. We could see the captives set free. Because that's what God's given us an anointing to do, to set free the captives, to proclaim the year of the Lord. Come on, this is our time, church. This is our hour. And it's now. We're called now to believe. Come on, we're called to drive God crazy. I might be driving you crazy right now by my yelling. I don't care. Whatever it does to wake you up, right now, I'm not going to stop preaching this and believing this until we see it happen. I've been in ministry 22 years. I haven't changed my message. And I'm saying, yeah, God, we're further on than where we were, but we haven't seen what God wants to release. I'm going to just keep on knocking, God. Come on, do it. Do it. You know, God's not in heaven going, oh, you've got nothing. Oh, you should be satisfied. Now he's going, hey, I want to pour out my spirit on all flesh. On all flesh. Come on. I want to do it over here. I want to do it again. Come on. On all flesh. On all flesh. On everyone. Come on. Would there be a people who believe tonight? Come on. would there be a people who drive God crazy? Thank you.